everyone, Shua Allegra here, and I'm back with you know a new friend. It's been so nice this year inviting my friends on my you know the show and talking about different topics that are that relates to life in general, all the things that maybe some of us are not talking about and should be talking about. Um, so today I have my friend Anne with me, and I'll let her introduce herself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you're located, all that good stuff. Hi everyone, my name is Anne, and I live here in San Diego, California with my husband. We have three grown daughters and two grandchildren, and I'm an author, a spiritual director, and a leader of trauma groups. Yeah, so today we'll be touching on some of that, all of that actually. Um, so let's start, let's start with the book. Why did you write this, you know, what book is it, the title of it? And um, why did you choose to write it? Well, I actually have a two. The book is called Not Alone, Transforming Trauma and Accompanying Survivors. Mm. And the workbook is called Not Alone, A Christ-Centered Recovery Process for Women Who've Experienced Physical, Emotional, or Sexual Trauma. Mm. So what happened is um, in midlife, I had a crisis that was very painful. Mm -hmm. um, on a scale of one to 10, it should have been a five, but I made it a 10. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know why, and I was stuck. And that was a time where God was inviting me to come away with him not literally but to spend time alone with him and silence and solitude and i also went into therapy and there i discovered how my childhood wounds affected me mm. um, i was molested by my best friend's father they lived in our neighborhood mm. there were a lot of us little girls it was like a hansel and gretel story fun candy parties Mm. Yet there was this evil witch, or should I say monster? Mm. And so all that came out in therapy, and I, I realized that it affected my self-worth, and at times I struggled with confidence. So I was also seeing my spiritual director, and then I was spending a lot of time alone with God, engaging in various spiritual practices. Mm. And although... Um, Therapy is necessary and insightful. The deeper healing has come from God. And then something stirred inside of me to step out and share my story. So as I started sharing my story, other women started sharing their stories with me. And I just, something nudged me to gather all these stories and all these spiritual practices. And I put them in a workbook and started leading groups. And after the first group, a couple of the women said, you should publish this. And so both excitement and a little nervousness yeah. inside of me, but I started writing. And then after a few years, um, I published the books. Yeah, yeah. My passion is to help other, other people become free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so congrats on the book. And I think just from all of us in, um, not just the trauma field as you know professional but I think for all of us in the trauma survivors you know thank you because it's something that we don't talk about 
you know, and like you said, it was something that happened when you were a little girl and it wasn't until, you know, midlife that it's like, oh, this is still impacting me. We, you know, we tend to not bring those things up and we don't realize that when we don't talk about it, it actually leaves more damage, does that more damage than when we do talk about it. Um, so thank you for not only giving all of us a voice, but also providing a resource that's needed. And I definitely am with you with the whole um, intersection, if you want, of, you know, therapy and spiritual practices, um, because we, we need that, you know. And I remember when I was in therapy, you know, years back, I love my, I love my therapist and I learned so much from it. And I remember... Um, also, being, you know, having a great pastor, having great, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ that I could, could know friends in the faith who were praying for me. But my friends in the faith didn't understand my, you know, the challenges I was, I was dealing with emotionally and mentally. And then my therapist was not understanding what I was dealing with spiritually, how I wanted to bring my faith into everything that I was doing. Because that was, that's an important, important part of who I am. Um, and honestly, it was through that experience, now looking back, you know, that's how even my own company started because I wanted to provide a place for people to be able to, you know, intersect if you want their faith in their mental and emotional wellness because it's so important. Yeah. So thank you for bringing all of that, you know, uh, to light. So with the book, you know, so now you're writing the book, you know, you wrote the book, it's published and you're doing the groups. Um, what has helped you, Writers for yourself, what's helped you the most in your journey? I think you touched on that already a little bit. But among those spiritual practices, maybe you have a favorite that you want to share with us. Well, definitely what's who's helped me the most is God. Uh, Jesus is the wounded healer. And there's so many. But one thing that I do every day is I reflect on my day. And I ask, where did I feel God's love for me today? Where did I feel peace today? Yeah. What brought me joy today? Simple practice just like that helps me pay attention to the gifts he's given me and the joy I feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so easy to go through life just doing, right? Like we have to get up and you brush your teeth, you get dressed, you shower or have whatever, you eat breakfast, you go to work, you take care of kids. So there's life is made of so many doing, right? So many things we have to do, tasks that we have to accomplish that often we don't take the time to just reflect, you know, take that pause and think about, okay, where am I right now? What do I need right now? Like you said, and you know, how has God even been touching me and blessing me for all of this? So that is more practice that I use as well and encourage everyone. And you don't even have to always, you know, block a whole hour if you don't have it at an hour, but even just a few minutes, you know, and taking time to pause and reflect and, you know, not just waiting when you're in crisis, because when you're so overwhelmed, you don't know what to do next. You're like, okay, it, you know, it, it can still work in that time, but it's even harder if you have not been practicing the skill, there's you no know, overtime. So really make it, you know, make it a practice. And it doesn't take five minutes, honestly, it's, you can start there, you know. And it can be as simple as when you're eating your breakfast, you know, stopping there or if it's, you know, at dinner time or before you go to bed, but really making it a routine. And I think, I, I find that the more we prioritize certain things in our life, the more, the easier it is to make them a routine. And when, we, when they become routines, then we reap the, you know, the most benefits from it. 
another really helpful practice uh, favorite of mine is called imaginative prayer and that's putting yourself in the scripture and just allowing God to speak to you and one of my favorites is the bleeding woman you know she was bleeding for 12 years and no one could help her and then the day when Jesus came through her village she got empowered to reach out and touch him and get the healing she needed mm-hmm. and after that happened what does he say he calls her daughter daughter your faith has healed you go in peace and i love that that he calls us his daughters yeah yeah especially when we've been full trauma not only like you said earlier it does affect our self-esteem it also affects our identity you know you wonder who was I before this happened? Who could I have been if this had not happened to me? So to know that we have a God who calls us daughter, regardless of what we've been through, that our identity in him is secure and sealed, no matter our experiences. I mean, that's not just a beautiful thing, but it's such a uh, peaceful, graceful thing that we all need. And it's that alone, that truth alone, you know, it, it, it's worth so much because many of us need that as a key to our own healing. No, it doesn't matter what you know people didn't do or people did to you, but God's love has not changed for us, and that sustains us. And as you know, Shu, it's sad, but many, many women I journey with were abused by a parent. Yeah, sad. Or yeah. they were sexually abused by some other relatives, and the parents didn't do anything or protect them. Mm-hmm. And so they often might believe that lie that I'm not loved or I'm not valued as a daughter and um, God God can certainly give them that as he's given that to me yes yes yeah so beautiful so now in addition to the writing and running um, the groups that you do um, how else are you using your experience to help others? Is there anything else that you have not shared with us yet <laughs> along those lines? Well, I do um, offer speaking and I, I offer workshops mm-hmm. on how to accompany survivors. Because mm-hmm. with the Me Too movement and the sexual abuse uh, reports all over the news, more survivors are stepping out. And so many have told me, all the hurtful things that people mm-hmm. say and do, and even in the church. So um, I started seeing that need as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I do these on my own, or I have a colleague. He is my age and also um, in training to be a spiritual director. And he is a survivor of molestation by a Catholic priest. Mm-hmm. And he has a beautiful story of healing and forgiveness and being empowered uh such a great inspiration for men because mm-hmm. as you know this this happens to men too right. so we do that together uh go to various churches or organizations and i have a section on that in my book as well yeah nice yeah it, it's good um I know that what happened was good what i'm saying nice is saying that you know, you, you, you're taking a step forward and not just supporting people who, who've been abused, who are dealing with that trauma by helping others help them too, right? Um, because that's important because, 
sometimes I've seen this, you know, my own life and seen this in lives of many people that I've, you know, had the privilege to uh, walk with on their journey. You know, people go to therapy, people will, you know, see a, a Christian counselor or get the support they need in those type of professional and, you know, specific ways. And then that's not where they live, right? That's not where they work. That's not where they spend most of the time. So the one hour therapy would have been maybe good, but then they go home. Then they go to work. Then they go to church and they hang out with people all the time who not, just don't get it. Not that those people are mean per se. Many of them just don't get it. And right. out of, you know, that not knowing, you know, they sit or do things that actually traumatize people without realizing it. Right. So, yeah, so education is needed at all levels. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. So what we, I just want to say that it is, I believe it's unintentional. I think most people just don't know what to say and do. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So what will you t uh, tell someone, tell anyone who might be going through similar things? Well, I'd want to say you are not alone. You can be empowered. You can step out. You can take your life back. You don't need to stay in a victim mentality and you don't need to be, believe that lie that something is wrong with you or that you're not enough or that somehow you cause this abuse as many survivors do. Abuse has no excuse. Mm. It has no excuse. So I would say step out Share your story with someone safe. Find a really good therapist and find a really good support group. These things were so helpful in my life. And most of all, I would say spend time with God. He loves you more than you know. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, why did this happen? Why did he allow it? Why didn't he stop it? And I don't have answers for that. Um, I do believe there's evil in the world. Yeah. I know God does not cause trauma. People do. And I know that he was grieved over what happened to me. He was angry about it. And he's been with me every step of the way through my healing. And I know that now that I'm valued and loved and he's given me this confidence and I have a purpose, which is, um, to share my story with others yeah. and this may not be your call and that's okay but um, I do encourage you to spend the time with God because you can live in more of the abundant life which I believe is love joy peace patience hope courage internal freedom um, you can live more in that and um, Again, he just loves you more than you know. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for those those words. And I know, you know, I needed to hear those, especially back then when I needed the most. And I'm sure right now, anybody listening, watching, you know, need to hear that as well. Um, so what will you tell, I guess, what does the church, what can the church do to support others? I know, you know, you guys give presentation on this. And, you know, for the time that we have, maybe just, you know, a couple wisdom nuggets, if you want, um, to help people just start doing this a little better. 
how can the church support people who've been traumatized or abused in any way? Well, the first thing is if someone does share their story with you, just listen. Mm. You don't need a degree to offer compassionate listening. And by that, I mean, you know, don't interrupt, don't try to fix or advise. Offer a compassion statement such as, I'm sorry that happened to you, or that must have been painful for you. Um, I uh, assure them it was not their fault. Again, I'm going to say it, abuse has no excuse. Mm -hmm. And try to put aside any judgments. Um, like I knew a woman who was date raped and people felt, well, you shouldn't have gone out drinking with him or you shouldn't have done this, or you shouldn't have been wearing that. And so put aside any judgments. Um, after you've spent some time listening to their story, I would ask them what, what do they hope for? Or what are they searching for? This way they can, maybe they're searching for a therapist or maybe they're searching for a support group or a mentor. Um, this way you can find out what they, or maybe they just wanted to share their story with you. And then um, I would have a list of referral sources, I do, of good therapists and organizations and support groups. Um, and then thank them for sharing their story with you. Um, hold it as precious and keep it confidential. Yeah, well, well said. And I, and I like how you said you don't need a degree to be a compassionate listener. Um, you know, and, and when we don't know what to say, it's okay to say nothing. <laughs> you don't need to say anything when you're listening. And, you know, and sometimes I think that's the fear that people have. It's like, oh, my goodness, if someone walked in my door here, whether it's at church or a friend, even at home, even my own child, tell me this happened, I don't know what I'll do. Well, just start by listening. Just reminding them that you're there. You know, like you said, that you're sorry that this happened, but I'm here. We'll get through this together. How can I help? Um, rather than starting to think about, like you said, the fixing and the, yeah, just no one, no human being, even those of us with degrees, right? No human beings can fix another, another one. And I, even with, you know, with you know, counselors and therapists and, you know, coaches, I tell people, I, I often kind of grinch when I hear people say, well, I can fix this and the X, Y, and E issue. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's trauma or not, because when we start taking that role of fixing someone, there's something not so kosher with that. Because <laughs> I think not, not only one, the person has to be willing to change, willing to do the work, you know, no matter what we're working on. Um, and then two, only God can bring true transformation in someone's heart with the person allowing God to do so. Right. So I can provide stuff, I can provide all the tools that I know. I can, you know, pull out all the certifications out of my head and all the degrees. At the end of the day, if the person's not ready or the person doesn't want to, it's going to be meaningless. Right. So we, we should not be so quick to fix, but rather support people. And also just think about it, even your own life. If I'm struggling with something and someone, it could be as simple as, I don't know, fixing a curtain rod in my, my house, like which is actually a real situation right now, that we bought the curtain curtain thing, it's just not working. And I'm like, this is getting too much. So if I'm struggling with something like that, someone comes and still barking orders at me, do this and do that, do that. 
that's not supportive. I'm like, I've tried, maybe I've already tried so many of those, but if you don't take the time to listen, you wouldn't know what I already tried, right? And also if you go to barking order and tell people what to do, you're taking away their own sense of control, the sense of power that they need. Especially when people have been traumatized, trauma in itself is a loss of control, less of power. Someone had power over you and that made you feel, you know, feeling out of control and out of, you know, powerless. So if somebody else come and think that they're helping, by fixing and they're just barking orders, they're literally re-traumatized, putting you in the same situation where you felt powerless. Although their suggestion might be good, but not giving you power to, you know, to walk on that healing journey that will not help you heal either. It just keep, keep you in that cycle of being dependent on people. And hence the idea, like you said, the feeling of not feeling worthy enough, not, you know, low, low self-esteem because power was taken away. You know? So as we support people, like you said, you know, it's be with them, walk with, with them on their journey. Also recognize that this is not a, it's not a one size fit all. Even when God works with us, he works with us differently. Right. You know, his principles are the same, but he works with us differently. So just because, you know, maybe in my journey, this X, Y, and Z helped, I'm not going to tell, tell someone this is exactly what you have to do. No, it's how can we walk with you on this journey and help you explore how God might be, you know, might be working with you right now. And let the people, let the person guide you, you know, because you want them to feel it's their life. They have to take ownership of it. And with God's help, they can, but we should not be putting ourselves in the driver's seat or should we be trying to play God in people's lives? Right, right, exactly. And I like what you said about, um, you know, I say the same thing. Don't, uh, for people who accompany, don't label them. Uh, sexual abuse especially has a stigma. It manifests in a variety of ways, and not every person has all those manifestations. And um, so it, just don't label them. I agree yeah. with you. And also transformation, healing transformation is a lifelong process. And it's, yeah, it's a journey. Why? You have to be willing to be with people in the long haul. <laughs> You know, it's not, uh, I listened yesterday, well, you might have to listen for the next 10 years. And it's not saying that, you know, it's going to take someone 10 years to reach that point. But even when people have healed, this might still need the time, some, every once in a while, a safe place to process. Because right. when you've been traumatized, not only, we talk about the whole, you know, inner stuff that happened, but it's not just like our self-esteem that goes down or sense of identity, but trauma actually changes the way your brain function because trauma you know impacts certain parts of your brain so even how people process day-to-day -day stuff people like why are they like you said you had it was an incident that was maybe a five out of ten you know of the stress level but then it ended up at, at the 10 because of again past trauma because the way the lenses through which you see life is not the same that anybody else right so realizing that that people even have been even those of us who have been healed and we you know we're here helping others we have moments where we still need a safe place to process right. you know and it's okay that, you know if you're going to walk with people be in it for the long haul it's a journey yeah you can say well we talked about this already two years ago you were doing so fine five years ago why are you bringing this up again well maybe because i heard or seen something that you know triggered that you know or, so be with people yeah, be willing to do it for the long haul and if you're not able to do for the long haul, make sure that you are referring people to others who can walk with them in the long haul. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
thank you so much and it's you know you and i can talk about this for a long time and i'm not saying this for many of you know the topics that we discuss here but again i bring those topics you know to the table because of things that are close to my heart um but so how can people connect with you where can we get the book where can we follow you and stay in touch with you well um i have a email i have a website you could go to my website it's good yeah uh, ann marie richardson.com okay so that's ann with an e marie m-a-r-i-e richardson and so there I have an email contact. I've got links for the book. I've got some true testimonies from other survivors. Mm -hmm. And I have a blog. So that's probably the best. I would go that route. And it has everything there that people need. Good, good. Yeah, so we will also make sure that we post that link uh, in the description here that people can just click on and go check it out. But thank you so much again, and for being here. And not just here, physically or, you know, virtually, if you want, or, you know, and talking to me today, but just using your experience, like, to help others, you know, turning those stumbling blocks into, you know, treasures, you know, into a uh, stepping stone so that we can help others, you know, on the journey as well. Yes, that's my so hat, is yeah. to see people become more free, mm -hmm. and, um, live, live life. Yeah. And thank you for having me. I so appreciate it, Shu. You're welcome. My pleasure.